0: sports radio 104.3 the fan every saturday morning it's terry wickstrom outdoors terry takes you inside the outdoors you know hunting fishing camping it's terry wickstrom outdoors now
1: here's terry good morning what a beautiful father's day weekend it is and there is a lot going on outdoors there's camping and biking and hiking we're going to talk about ton of fishing today because the fishing is getting to be phenomenal now fly fishermen the conditions are starting to change pretty rapidly we're going to cover that in the second hour we're going to have legendary guide pat dorsey on with us in the second hour and we're going to get the folks from kirk's fly shop on to get the conditions along the big t and up at rocky mountain national park uh, we're going to cover a lot of warm water fishing. It's peaking right now. is isn't necessarily where you catch the big warm water species, but this is the time of year when you can have that success when the bite is hot and you have those 20, 30, 40 fish days if you if you hit it just right. We'll take you around the state to a few of those places. We'll talk about some techniques you can use. Um, then we'll talk about a special little tournament that's going up in the mountains where you can make a little money if you want to and still have fun fishing, Uh, we just have a lot to cover. But one programming note that I believe it's next week, and I'll I'll have Karen confirm that. We'll confirm it during the week and put it on our Facebook page. But the director of Parks and Wildlife is going to be joining us on the show live next weekend. Karen, they're, they're giving us a thumbs up. So that'll be fantastic that, you know, Um, The former director used to come on on a regular basis. We really appreciate that, getting to know them and their philosophy and their vision of parks and wildlife. By the way, before I forget, too, speaking of warm water species, did you see that bluegill that was caught? It was amazing. If you haven't seen it, go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, uh, and on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and scroll down just a couple posts, and you will see a giant bluegill that just set the new state record here. It is phenomenal. Speaking of fishing, let's go to the phones. And joining us right now, a good friend. um, You see him appear at the International Sportsman's Exposition, giving classes and seminars. He uh, works uh, tirelessly with the youth to get them into fishing and the clubs to help them. And he's one of the most accomplished bass fishermen in the state and also a good friend of mine, Sam Heckman. Good morning, Sam.
2: Good morning, Terry. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well, and before I want to get an update on that southeast area of the state, Pueblo, out to John Martin. But before we even get into that, there's a few things I want to talk about. First, uh, you and your partner have had a successful couple weeks out there bass fishing.
2: Uh, You know, Terry, it's just uh, we're going to different lakes. We're not always fishing Pueblo, and, and, you know, the lakes of the past are really are really starting to produce very well. So, you know, it's my style of fishing where I can just have a flipping and stick and and flip all day. So it's that power fishing that I like. So I think that's the reason we're, we're starting to catch them.
1: Well, tell people your finishes in the last few weeks.
2: Uh, well, we uh, for the southern qualifier, for the TBF southern qualifier, we took first down there at Ute Reservoir in New Mexico. And then we came and uh, we had a, a club tournament. I wasn't even going to fish it, but they were – in desperate need of a boater, so I went out there. Weighed 16 pounds with a 5'4 kicker at John Martin. Uh, took first out there. Amy took second in her division in the coangler division on day one, and then I had a third on day two with you know with 13 pounds, which is usually a pretty good turnout, but uh, there's just some big fish being caught. So it was just a uh, one of those deals. And then last weekend we went out for the ABA. I mean, I'm sorry, the NBAA series, the National Bass Anglers Association, back to John Martin, and we weighed sixteen four 4 with big fish out there of four six. So John Martin's fishing phenomenal right now. It doesn't matter what species you're chasing out there. It's just fishing incredible.
1: I want to talk more about that, but before we even get to it, somebody's listening, Sam, and I think people think, well, I live in Colorado. There's no pathway to me to be involved in bass fishing, either locally or nationally, and that's just not the case, isn't it?
2: No, we have several clubs. I mean we have clubs uh you know you've got denver clubs you've got clubs in fort Collins all the way down to uh you know clubs in here in Pueblo so uh if you just go online and you know and and look up some some bass fishing clubs uh, if you 're an adult and then of course our southern Colorado junior bass club we accommodate kids uh you know around the entire state uh to get kids into fishing and uh, to learn a little bit about competitive bass fishing
1: and and the pathway to you've um You've had some really high finishes in national tournaments. We've had, I believe, three anglers from the state that have qualified for the Bassmaster Classic. Um, you can become a very accomplished bass fisherman in Colorado and work your way up the ladder. And the bass fishing, and we'll talk about John Martin in a minute, but the bass fishing has been getting better and better over the years in this state, I believe. Um, one one last note about the kids, too. I think you are involved. I know how heavily involved with the kids you are. And I think, didn't Bass Pro step up and donate a bunch of fishing rods for kids that you were involved with?
2: Uh, you know, they do that every year. Uh, Terry, you know, part of the Bass Pro Shops is the rod and reel trade-in. And then every year, each store uh, finds a group of an, or an organization to donate locally to, you know, uh, they, they were doing it to 4-H. They've done it uh, for our, our Junior Bass Club. They do it for different uh, uh, kids programs uh, or kids organizations so they can keep these kids Uh, You know, geared with some good equipment because when these guys trade in their equipment, you know, some of it's not, we go through and we pick out the best stuff and, you know, some of it we have to discard uh, or or use for parts, but, you know, we put them together and, and I'll tell you, it's, it's a great. Way to get these kids involved in fishing, and it's a great thing that Bass Pro does, uh, you know, for the kids.
1: Uh, that's awesome! Anything for the kids, especially you know, we're at Father's Day weekend. Get out, go fishing with your kids. You'll create memories that'll last for life. Let's talk about the fishing, though, Sam. I know you you've been concentrating on the bass, but I know you've seen the other species. I want to talk. We haven't talked much in the last few weeks about those southeast lakes, John Martin. Right now, if you just want to catch fish, it's a place to go, isn't it,
2: Terry? You know. Uh, those crappie at John Martin were so frustrating when I was flipping a the jig. They, you know, I went through five packs of, of craws because I use a crawl for a, a jig trailer, and those crappie are so aggressive. There, it seems like there's a crappie in every single bush, if, and finally you can catch a bass. But if you're looking for crappie uh, down at John Martin, up around the railroad trestle, any any one of those little coves up around there in the bushes, uh, if you're not catching crappie, you know it's it's just unbelievable the amount of crappie that are being caught. Uh, as I was coming through in the morning, we you know sometimes we cut under the trestle there. Uh, that whole trestle is lined up with bank fishermen catching white bass. Um, uh, big saw guy down there. They're catching some really big saw guy. Just you know throwing white twister tails. Uh, you know your basic crappie jigs. But John Martin, is, if you wanted to go out and just fun fish. And and load the cooler if you're looking for a, a fish fry at John Martin's the Lake to go to.
1: You know, it's a little bit of a drive, but that means it's you get away from the crowds. And it's with the water levels where they are right now. It's a big lake. In fact, I heard you talking about the trestle. If you're fishing the trestle, that means the water is pretty
2: substantial. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I tried to go to Pearl Creek. You know, I was trying to fish it from the past, uh, you know, and I, you could go up maybe, you know, maybe a half a mile up Rural Creek. So that tells you that the water level is pretty good still. And now that they open the gates down at Pueblo because of the runoff, that water is going into John Martin. So I can't imagine it's it's only going to get better. It's starting to fill up more.
1: Well, and you mentioned the bass fishing there. Um, I did a television show, just exactly what you like to do, pitching and flipping plastic worms into that cover. This goes back 20 years ago. And even then, the the largemouth bass were substantial. That lake went through some tough water years, and I think we saw a decline. But with the water they've been able to procure and keep those water levels, we're seeing better spawns. And not only are we seeing, like you mentioned, the saugee and the, the white bass are almost impossible to not catch, and, and the crappies. But the largemouth bass, if you really want to get some more traditional-type cover than some of the Lakes around here have, and
2: really hone your skills. What a
1: lake, right?
2: It's it's a phenomenal lake, you, you know. And Joe down there at the Los animus Hatchery, he's the biologist down there. They've been teaming up with Candace for the last several years, and you know they used to get four hundred thousand fry uh, out of that hatchery. Uh, but with them, you know, uh, going to Kansas and learning from their biologists, he is now producing 4.5 million fry a year out of Los Anna's Hatchery, and they're they're bass fry. He's a bass guy. He he understands the warm water fisheries, and you know, I just love him to death. He's he's a you know a great guy, and he and he wants to put bass in these in these ponds. So um, you know we have that kind of help, and with Dan Prenzel now taking over, I've known Dan for several years he was the southeast regional director for forever down here and he's a great guy he's a hunter he's a fisher he understands us
1: now before we move on to some of the uh, some of the other lakes first of all those crappies that are so prevalent right now probably will move away from that shoreline at least a lot of them will as we get into as the water warms in fact it's we're, we're actually a little late in the year for them to be gathered up on the shore i would think now i don't fish john martin that often anymore but the And they'll be a little harder to find, so you want to get down there quick. But those white bass are going to be catchable and easily catchable all summer, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, the white bass are, they're just, they're so thick in there, Terry. I was running down the lake in the morning and something hit me in the face and I had to stop the boat. And clear my eyes. I felt like somebody punched me in the nose and it was a it was still in the boat and it was a little white bass that had we had spooked running down the lake that jumped. So I couldn't imagine living in an area where they got those giant Asian carp. They could uh, probably kill uh, yeah. you. What what I, mean, would I you never do? had anything that happened like that to me before, so it was crazy. If somebody's
1: inexperienced, they just want to go down and catch fish, how would you approach the white bass down there?
2: Uh, little white twister tails. Most of the guys fishing the trestle that were standing on the concrete there. They're just chunking and winding um, little white twister tails. And it was it was actually fun to watch them catch them because they'd have three or four on at a time uh, with the banks lined up. And, you you know, one would be a walleye, one would be a crappie, or, and then the others would be white bass.
1: That's tremendous. Um, I want to move on to Pueblo, but are you, are you hearing any reports about any of the other southeast lakes? I heard quite a few of them are fishing pretty well.
2: Well, you know, um, you know, timber reservoir is really fishing well for wipers and, and, and saw guy and, uh, timber Lake. Um, it's full. Uh, the biology has been doing really well down there. Meredith, uh, they've been putting brood stock bass and Lake Meredith. Uh, it's generally out there for skiing, but you know, it's a nice shallow lake that you can, uh, lots of weeds, you can run a frog. You do a lot of flipping out there too. And then, uh, you know, of course, you know, then we got our local ponds and, uh, you know, we had really good success with uh, CPW and Valco Ponds protecting you know, our, our ponds in the future down there. Had great meetings with them, and they're going to uh, sit down and, and do some regulations on Valco Ponds to protect our trophy bass fishery down there.
1: Now, before we have to move on and run out of time here... I want to get to Pueblo. Pueblo, people are more familiar with the location. It's a little closer drive than John Martin from the metro area, but Pueblo still remains one of the premier fisheries in the state for warm water species. What do you see in there, Sam?
2: Well, for the amount of pressure Pueblo gets every weekend, there's a tournament going on today, it fishes excellent. So, um, you know, if you want to go out and catch a walleye right now, you know, I'd focus on the main lake points out there, uh, between 15 and 20 feet, you know, the walleyes are, are, you know, they're shallower early in the morning, but, you know, as that sun comes up, they'll just pull back a little bit, but they'll stack on those points. Jig head and a half a night crawler, uh, if you're just out beginning and, and, uh, throw it out and just kind of drag it on the bottom and it, it, it feels like those walleyes will pick it up and stretch it like a rubber band. Uh, in the, in the coves right now, the bass fishing is really good top water in the morning. Um, you know, there's a lot of big bluegills right now. Bluegills are up on beds. Uh, bass are done spawning. Walleyes are done. Um, and they're on the feed. So, Plebos fishing phenomenal right now. If if you like, you know, to use artificials, start with the topwater in the morning. As the sun gets up, then switch to, uh, you know, maybe a blue fleck power worm.
1: I've heard those are pretty good. that was an inside joke right i mean people won't know he threw that out there because if they hadn't invented the blue flag power worm about 30 years ago i probably wouldn't have had a career in fishing so (laughs) i still throw it's a great bait there's nothing wrong with that and it works in every bass lake i've ever fished in fact I might be fishing lake commandos against uh, Steve Panaz here soon, and that might be my go-to secret that I used to beat him. We'll see. But anyway, <laughs> um, real, what is the water level at Pueblo?
2: The water level at Pueblo right now, Terry, they opened up all the gates down below, plus the uh, you know the southern delivery system, and it's they closed the river down below to all activities. So it's really coming out of there because of the runoff that's coming in. The, the lake is actually coming up like an inch a day. Uh, with all those gates open, so there's so much runoff coming into the reservoir that they can't keep up with it. So as long as the, the towns down below don't have flooding issues, and if they do, they'll have to turn those gates down, and then the will even get even higher. I believe it. this year we may see it you know, above the uh, marinas again, like it used to be back in 2015.
1: Well, that's so good for those fisheries, and it provides habitat. But it does move the fish, and it means you got to spend a little time sometimes 20 seconds, if you were going to Pueblo, again, you're just maybe a weekend angler. What If you just want to catch fish.
2: If you just want to catch them, Terry, you know, if you're looking for walleye, a jicken, a half a night crawler, for bass, any type of little popar, um, you know, in the bone white color in the morning, and then definitely switch to a Texas rig, little blue fleck four-inch worm, throw it out on the points, uh, a a sinkle, a weightless sinkle, wacky rig um that works phenomenal for the bass and then you know guys are catching wipers too terry you know i don't chase those wipers quite a bit but you know a lot of guys will catch them on top water in the morning also
1: a lot going on i tell you it's the warm water species are on sam now's the time to be out there yes sir absolutely hey thanks so much for joining us and all the information we love what you contribute and thanks for all you do for kids and a happy father's day to everybody out there thank you sam thanks terry you. Good bet. Talking to you. you bet sam heckman what a great resource hey Got, we're going to be talking about fishing all two hours off and on. you got to get out there and do it. In fact, we're going to tell you about a spot you could go do it and maybe make a couple bucks after this time out on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We'll tell you more about them later in the hour. Let's go to the phones right now. And joining us from Parks and Wildlife is Lori Martin, a senior aquatic biologist. Good morning, Lori.
3: Good morning, Carrie.
1: It's uh beautiful here. Is it beautiful where you're at? It is.
3: It's a beautiful day in Western Colorado.
1: These are the days we live here for, isn't it? I tell you what, it's That's fantastic. Right. In fact, you're you're in a Western Colorado, and we're going to talk about something going on over in Western Colorado. We were just talking about the warm water fishing is just kicking off now and really getting good. You have a lake uh over in your area that you want to make some changes to, and some of it's mandated because some federal there's some there's some endangered or threatened species in some of the rivers over there, so only certain fish are allowed to exist or want or are wanted to exist in certain reservoirs because of the impact they could have for flooding. So you're making changes to a reservoir called Elkhead, aren't you?
3: Yes, that's correct.
1: Tell people where Elkhead is located.
3: So Elkhead is located uh, just east of the town of Craig, between Craig and, and Hayden in northwest Colorado. And since 2016, we have sponsored an angling tournament uh, for fishermen to come and help us catch smallmouth bass and northern pike, which are in the reservoir. And those two species are not compatible with native fish recovery efforts in Elkhead Creek and the Yampa River um, downstream of Elkhead Reservoir. So we have a tournament. Free tournament uh, for anglers starting on Saturday next Saturday, a week from today, june twenty second, and continuing through Sunday, June thirtieth.
1: And you're going to be able to make some money, and before we even get into how you win and participate, I want to make let people know that you're not going to just turn this into a trout reservoir. You understand that people do like to fish for warm water species. But there are warm water species that are much more compatible to the management goals over there. And they're ones we just spent a lot of time talking about in our last segment. And that's uh, largemouth bass and panfish, right?
3: That's correct. And uh, since 2015, Colorado Parks and Wildlife has been returning black black crappie, bluegill, and largemouth bass into elkhead, meaning we've been stocking those species because they are compatible for native fish recovery efforts. Uh, and just to give you an idea of what we have been able to stock, since 2016 we've stocked over 1 million largemouth bass. That includes uh, small guys, fry, and fingerling all the way up to 20-inch uh, brood fish. We've also stocked a little over 150,000 bluegill. And uh, about 40,000 black crappie. And we've got more fish coming this year 20,000 more black crappie and another uh, 20,000 largemouth that are scheduled. So we're real excited about being able to return um, and convert really this fishery into a compatible sport fishery uh, for warm water anglers with these species.
1: Yeah, and, and it's gonna be a fun lake. It already is a fun lake, but it's gonna to get to be more fun. And if people think we don't grow big bluegills here, go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and look at the new state record bluegill that was just caught. Did you see that?
3: I did see that. Is
1: was that a beautiful fish or what?
3: Yeah. This Definitely. is
1: incredible. I mean, I would, that's a bluegill you could catch anywhere in the world, and you'd be just... Let's talk now about the tournament. So the idea of the tournament is to get anglers to help you mitigate this reservoir and go through the management changes there and have fun and make a little money while they're doing it and have a good time. So tell us how this works.
3: So how this works is we encourage anglers to uh, come and catch as many smallmouth bass and northern pike as they can. Uh, There are no bag limits or restrictions for smallmouth bass and northern pike, and we have a fish check-in station. The tournament will start at 6.30 uh, Saturday morning, June 22nd, and continue through Sunday, June 30 at 3 p.m., and at the conclusion of each day, anglers can bring their fish in. When they register, they're given an angler ID, And they have a chance at winning $4,500 in cash prizes, which includes two prizes for one smallmouth bass and one northern pike that we have tagged. Um, They're internal to the fish, so people can't uh, see them. So they've got to bring the fish into the fish scanning station, which is open from 830 to 5 uh, at the reservoir, and we'll scan the fish see if they uh, have had a chance to um, catch one of those two fish that were tagged. And if not, then at the end of the tournament, we will be uh, completing a drawing. So for every northern pike and smallmouth bass that people catch and bring in, they get a a ticket. And at the end of the tournament, if neither of those fish are caught, then we'll do a drawing for both of those $1,500 checks. Wow. In addition to that, yeah, and in addition to that, we are also uh, providing a seven hundred and fifty dollar check for the most smallmouth bass caught across the nine day tournament, and the same for northern pike, and and then we have daily prizes as well, which include a bunch of fishing gear and camping uh, gear, and those are for the most of each species caught that particular day, as well as the smallest and the largest. So. Yep. It's a a great opportunity to come out and win some prizes and and have a good time, and we're looking forward to seeing a lot of folks this year.
1: And so you can participate every day or just one day and still have a chance at winning one of the big cash prizes and and have a winning chance at daily prizes every day. And we want to stress that the size of the fish doesn't matter. The whole idea is you're trying to remove these. So a a 3-inch smallmouth bass could get you an entry that could win you $1,500.
3: That's right. Where it could also get you the smallest uh, fish that was caught that day, so lots of opportunities.
1: And and right, and so and do you need to register ahead of time, or can you come out and catch some fish and then register when you bring them to the the place? You,
3: that's exactly right. You don't need to register ahead of time. You can register when you come in. If you want to go out and fish all day, uh, you can come in and and register at the end of the day. Just make sure that you get in uh, while the fish check-in station and is open, which will be open first thing next Saturday morning at 6.30. Uh, but angling, or excuse me, but the check-in station will be open every day from 8.30 to 5 until the conclusion of the tournament, which is uh, 3 o'clock on Sunday, June 30th.
1: What if I'm out there Wednesday and I catch a bunch of fish after 5.30? Can I bring them in the next day?
3: You bet. Yep, bring them in. Uh, you need to bring them in before 9 o'clock that next morning. And then we will count them towards that day's uh, tally for the daily prizes,
1: okay. What well, sounds like a lot of fun, and is there is there quite a bit of camping facilities around the area?
3: There are. There are uh, several uh, there at the state park itself. And then we also have the Ampa River State Park headquarters location, which is off a of, uh, highway forty on your way. To the state park, there's a facility there as well, so lots of opportunities for camping.
1: And too. I'll and I'll bet you could catch these fish and be a winner from shore. Or is there boats allowed, or is it?
3: Oh yeah, definitely boats. Uh, we have we'll have our aquatic nuisance species inspection station up and running. Uh, this reservoir is a little over 700 surface acres, so it's it's quite large. We have folks that fish from boats and kayaks and the shore, and they've all done real well in the tournament in the past. So,
1: So, last question, is there a website they can go to?
3: There is. It is uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife's main website, which is cpw.state.co.us forward slash tournament.
1: All right. We will, uh, I'm sure people will get that. They can Google it. We are way over time, and I know Pete from out in, uh, Grand Junctionary wants to tell us about his park, so we're going to let you go. But what a great opportunity there, Lori. And it's just a fun event and a way to help the uh, parks and wildlife at the same time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. A little Dire straight. Good man. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going to go right to the phones and joining us from uh, uh, James M. Robb State Park over on the West Slope is Pete Furman. Good morning, Pete. Hey, Terry. How are you? I'm doing good. And I think it's one of those beautiful days across Colorado today. Are you experiencing that?
0: Yeah, we're not excluded in that. It's going to be warm. And right now there's not a cloud in the sky.
1: Uh, beautiful Father's Day weekend. Now, uh, James Robb State Park is a little different than some of the other parks. Why don't you kind of describe how it's laid out to people?
0: Yeah, it certainly has some uh, an extensive expanse of Colorado River. Uh, so it runs all the way from Island Acres, which is east of Palisade, down to Fruta, um, the Fruta section, which is in the city of Fruta. Uh, and then we have several different kind of pocket parks or smaller park sections uh, located in between those two areas that Island acres and fruit to have camping, and the rest of it kind of ties into day use and riverfront trail access and fishing access. Uh, We also have some waterfowl hunting uh, on some of the properties we manage, also.
1: And a pretty good trail system, I believe, too.
0: Yeah, and there's been recent additions to that. So at this point, you could essentially ride uninterrupted all the way from Clifton, which is kind of east Grand Junction, down to Loma which is, I think, about 11 miles from the Utah line. So it's a it's a long trail system that they've established, and then they've also got spurs that link to some different um, natural surface trails. Uh, so there's something called the Tidewatch Trail System, which a lot of mountain bikers and runners use. That's now linked to Ground Junction with a... Uh, trail system, a hard surface trail system.
1: Yeah, there's just a myriad of different types of trails out there that you can take advantage of. Um, you, you mentioned the Colorado River. I would be remiss if we didn't ask you. I've heard that it's starting to flow pretty good.
0: Yeah, it is starting to flow pretty good. We're getting some minor flooding, uh, but nothing that's uh, causing evacuations or damage or anything like that. There are some sections of trail that are currently closed. Uh, but the trail kind of designed to withstand that runoff, and once water recedes, we'll go ahead and open those back up. Uh, right now, there are no CPW portions that are currently closed, but uh, there are other managing entities that have uh, trail responsibilities, and some of theirs are a little bit low, more low-lying.
1: Now, you mentioned uh, camping. You guys are still on the legacy camping reservation system, right? Explain that to people.
0: Uh, Well, it just means that we haven't transitioned to reservation-only camping. Um, We may next year because we've seen a real improvement in connectivity out at Island Acres. So it may make sense to switch to that next year. But right now, they've got a window of three days to six months in advance that they can call for a reservation. uh, And after that point, it becomes first come, first serve. So they would arrive at the park and pay for their campsite at that point.
1: And a lot of people headed over to the West Slope don't just enjoy the park. They use your camping as their kind of their headquarters to explore the the whole area, don't they?
0: Yeah, so they'll use the the parks as a hub uh, to explore the whole area. I mean, we've always had uh, some different festivals, Wine Fest, Peach Fest, uh, on the east side of the valley. But you've also got the Palisade Plunge uh, that's now starting to be developed. That's a 32-mile bike trail that's going to link Powderhorn with Palisade. Um, And you also have the Cameo Shooting Complex uh, and Education Complex. So we've got some things that are starting to develop that there's ready access to other outdoor recreation amenities. And then within the park, you've got fishing, you've got bird watching. Again, you've got waterfowl hunting and and trail use. So, um, yes, it serves as a hub, but also there are things you can do uh, in close proximity or within the park, too.
1: And speaking of fishing, it's not just the river, right? You have some fishable ponds, I believe.
0: Yeah, we've got several fishable ponds. Uh, Some of them uh, are within the floodway or the 100-year floodplain. So they're pretty much trout uh, only. Uh, But you also have a lot of areas that are able to be managed as a warm water fishery. So we do have some bass fishing and crappie fishing also.
1: Yeah, and it's just a great place. It's a great recreation area. You mentioned the waterfall hunting, and I know you've got some events coming up. We'll get to those in a minute. But you mentioned the waterfall hunting. Uh, You have blinds there, and if I'm not mistaken, over here on the the front range, we're in some different flyways than you. Do you guys kind of poke into the Pacific Flyway, don't you?
0: Yeah, we're the Pacific Flyway over here, and then uh, it hasn't been rolled out yet. So assuming that everything gets rolled out on time and and without a hitch, uh, it's going to be a reservation system based on the Internet now uh, where you could literally go morning of and make a reservation for the blind. And because of that, it's going to be you have to have a reservation to hunt these blinds. Uh, So that will be kind of a little bit of a transition this year, but I think it's going to be much better than uh, what we've had in the past where you had to call during normal business hours. This, you've got access 24-7 to make a reservation for a waterfowl hunting blind, uh, some of which have always required that you made reservations, but now uh, pretty much everything's going to make that requirement.
1: How many blinds do you have, Pete?
0: Okay, so on my state park, we have uh, four blinds, uh, but then also you've got some wildlife areas, uh, so Franklin Island, Colorado River Island, uh, that have blinds, um, and then you also have blinds up at Highline. So there's, there's significant waterfowl hunting opportunities in the area. It's just I manage four of them.
1: And, you know, when you're looking at that for the waterfowl hunters listening, we'll get into, as we get closer to the fall, we'll start updating what's going on with migratory birds. And you're going to get migratory birds at a little different time than the front range, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, you'll probably get them a little bit later. Um, I mean, the bulk of the season uh, runs December into January. That seems to be when people start having the most luck.
1: Do you have many resident birds there?
0: Uh, the, the Canada geese never seem to leave. Yeah, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. They, they're in so my we, yard. Yes, we too, have so, some yeah. birds that uh, are able to survive in this area and just kind of hang out.
1: All right. Now, you do have other activities, too, for the park people or just people who want to come over from the day. And one of those activities you're having coming up soon, I think, is you have a concert series. Is that right?
0: Yeah. One of the things I just want to mention, I mean, if people are making the trip anyway, or this may be a reason to make the trip also. I mean, some of these guys, I know you were paying Dire Straits. Uh, some of these guys played with those bands. So you've got uh, Sonny Landreth is June 20th in Fruta. Um, on the June 27th, you've got Robert, Robert Earl Keane And then on July 11th, we've got Tab Benoit. And you can make, and you can buy concert tickets. I mean, it's $6 a ticket, so it's essentially a free concert. Uh, and it's hosted down at the Fruta section of the state park. Um, they can get tickets at oneriverfront.org, and they can make reservations for camping at the same website that, uh, um, that was being discussed earlier on. It's cpw.state.co.us.
1: All right, and the and the information is on the website about all the concerts too.
0: Uh, on the One Riverfront, it's on there, and uh, so that's going to be one again. Once again, One Riverfront.org, and so that has access to the concert information, who they are, and also it has a link for link for purchasing tickets. What
1: a great setting that would be! You know, I'd go to a concert there in those parks, and I bet it's just a great time.
0: It's awesome. Your backdrop's the National Monument, uh, so in a way it's kind of similar to what you would see at Red Rocks, except these are $6 tickets.
1: Yeah, you won't get into Red Rocks for $6, and, no. and then you can't turn around the earlier in the day or the next morning and go fishing at Red Rocks either So, or yeah. hike a trail. So what a great opportunity. Well, you know, I've told you in the past, my personal, I love to come over there, And then go to the wineries. You know, there's like 100 wineries over there now. And what a great, fun little event that is that's becoming part of Colorado's West Slope tradition. So there's just so much to do over there. Any last comments, Pete?
0: Well, if they're interested in going to Wine Fest, which is the festival for the wineries you mentioned in this area, uh, that's September 19 to September 22. And that typically sells out. So folks should go ahead and get on that website and go ahead and purchase tickets. Uh, I don't have the website off the top of my head, but you can just uh, query Winefest Palisade in Google, and that'll take you to the link.
1: Yeah, there's a lot always going on over there, and just a, just a fun place to hang out. And you're, you're you're you know you're so close to many other things like the the Grand Mesa and the Flat Tops even aren't that far away. Correct. So you got a lot to do. Just sounds like a great place. We want to make sure people know about it, Pete, and hopefully they'll come over and enjoy those concerts.
0: All right, I appreciate it, Terry.
1: You bet that 's Pete uh, Pete Furman from Colorado Parks and Wildlife you know there 's so many opportunities Parks and wildlife has like i think forty two parks now and i'm I could be off by one or two it changes at times and wildlife areas and things and there 's just there 's more than you know we cover a lot of hunting and fishing on this show, but there 's a lot more to those uh, to those parks and the activities you can do outdoors in Colorado than just hunting and fishing speaking of that we 're going to take a quick time out and we come back. We're going to be joined by Mark Kite from Sun Power Sports about some events they've got coming up right here on in Denver on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And speaking of Sun, we are going to go right to the phones and joining us is Mark Kite. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Terry. It is a beautiful day. I'll bet you the riders are out today.
4: They are. They're in force today. No question. Already really busy here at the dealership. And uh, yeah, just a beautiful day. No question. We been, we've been getting too much rain lately. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's. I, Karen and I were sitting on the patio last night, and I'm I'm thinking I'm in a short sleeve shirt and I don't have a heater on. <laughs> it's just, right. I am so ready for it, and I'll tell you. Speaking of, well, I'm sure you got a lot going on for Father's Day. But speaking of a lot going on and motorcycles and riding, we talk a lot about the ATVs. We talk a lot about the side by side, the different power sports, the 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 um, wave runners and things. But you have uh, a complete Harley store there too. That's one of the biggest in the state, and you got some special things coming up there, don't you?
4: Yeah, we do. You know, big, big event. Probably our biggest event of the year, you know, coming up this Wednesday evening. So pretty cool. Wednesday night from 6 to 9, we're hosting a huge event for all the Harley customers and and and, uh, and, and anybody, really, you know, friends, family, anybody who'd like to come. It's from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, basically, it's absolutely the biggest sale event of the year. So we've got 25% off everything in the store. That's parts, accessories, motor clothes, which is absolutely unheard of in the Harley world. And then uh, clearances on all new and used Harley Davidson. Plus, Terry, this is the probably the coolest part. You know that I'm super excited about is we're giving giving away a VIP trip uh, to Sturgis. Uh, for the 79th annual um, that's an all-inclusive all all, inclusive, all expenses paid so we pay hotel room we pay drinks we pay food they get concert tickets um, just super super cool and then also this year uh, on the 27th both these trips will be given away on the 27th of July um, we were giving away a Harley-Davidson so pretty cool 2019 Street Bob uh, to be given away by son Harley-Davidson as well on the 27th but the event all happens this Wednesday from 6 to 9 and it's, it's just going to be awesome and
1: that's that's where you would register for the giveaways. Is this yep. Wednesday at the event? Yep, absolutely. Yes, sir. So you can have a, a. Is this a you're open late? You have people come in to shopping. Is there anything? What else would be going on there?
4: so 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 much stuff it's so hard to run you through it you know we've got you know free food i know monster Energy's coming in in you know in forest there they'll be here some monster energy will be here um you know the whole deal we've got lots of games we'll be doing a lot of games and raffles um the first 53 50 people through the door get a free gift from son harley and mr lang so that's pretty cool um Palidori sausage will be uh you know harris will be giving away paladori sausage that night
1: uh just super cool man it's just going to be a lot a lot of fun we're just 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 going to get together and just have a good time. You know what would be a great Father's Day gift? Somebody's thinking if their dad's into motorcycles, you come down this weekend or today and you buy a gift certificate and then he can come down Wednesday and spend it when you have the big sale.
4: Absolutely. No question about it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, for sure. And that 25% off, I'm. you know, what's crazy is, you know, in the motorcycle world, it's just, especially on the Harley side, it's just unheard of. You know, Harley dealers don't discount them. I mean, they just don't, you know. and uh, So that night, the 25% off everything in store, special orders, motor clothes, the whole deal. It's just a big, big, big deal.
1: Are you got this out on your social media and website if people want to check it out?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You can check it out on on Sun Harley Davidson's Facebook page. Uh, you can come to our website at uh, www.sunharleydavidson.com. Um, and you know, you can check it out both places there and it will give you all the details
1: of what's going on. Sounds like the place to be Wednesday. And that's from six to nine this Wednesday. Yes, sir. So if you're a Harley person, you just have to be there.
4: Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Bring your friends, bring your family. It's, it's good for all ages, family, you know, it's just going to be a fun event.
1: So for the non-Harley people, you got anything going on for Father's Day?
4: yeah always you know I mean this weekend is just a huge father's Day event here, you know, getting ready for the father's Day weekend and um you know we've got this stuff going on store wide both import and harley Davidson for father's day and uh yeah it's a it's a super great weekend, Father's Day you know we gotta celebrate the dads for sure, and uh you know great weather as well, so it'll be be a good weekend.
1: Tell people how they find you, Mark.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us, uh, the import side, you can find us on the website at www.sunent.com, or you can visit us right here at the store. We love to see you come down, kick some tires, and come check out our store. It's a beautiful place. Uh, we're located at about 89th and Washington and Thornton, so I-25 to the uh, 84th Avenue exit, east two blocks to Pearl, and just come up Pearl. We're on the right-hand side. You can't miss us. Full city block.
1: Right, and a beautiful facility, modern buildings, and uh, a lot of room and a lot of stuff to see. Thank you, my friend. Uh, as always, great talking to you. Sounds hey, like good some great events. Thank you. Absolutely. You Thanks, Terry. You bet. Mark Kite from Sun Power Sports. Uh, they just do it right. They are so big, but yet so friendly. They know their stuff. They're good people, but they, they get these auction buys and things on a lot of their stuff. So they get prices that are just unbelievable. But the important thing there is that they, because they are one of the largest in the United States, by far the largest in Colorado, They just have whatever you need, and they can whatever you can fits your needs. That they'll have for you. Their inventory, the things to look at, and not to mention the accessories and the clothing and all that. They're just they're just fantastic. Now, coming up in this next hour, we're going to talk. First, we're going to talk some uh, conventional and and fishing with probably an emphasis on the warm water, but we'll talk that. But then we have two fly fishing segments coming up. We have, uh, later on in the hour, we have legendary guide Pat Dorsey joining us. And then uh, we also have uh, the folks from Kirk's Fly Shop up in Estes going to give us an update on what's going on in Rocky Mountain National Park and along the Big Thompson. But, uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, some shooting activities, too, with the folks at Colorado Clays. But just prior to that, we'll be joined by Matt Ensley from Tightline Outdoors. And we're going to talk about different techniques and ways you can catch fish. And I think this is going to be a very interesting, uh, very interesting topic, and you're going to learn a lot right here on Terry Wicks from Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.